Welcome to Market Proof Marketing, the podcast from the Marketing Minds at DoYouConvert.com, where we talk about the current state of all things digital and how they impact home builders and developers around the globe. We're not here to sell you, we're here to help you and to try and elevate the conversation. I'm Kevin Oakley, and with me today, as always, is the ad doctor, Andrew Peake. We are here, episode 156, with Jan Barkin. <laughs> <laughs> So excited. Jen, I got so many little comments and direct tweets from people saying, Jen is incredibly intelligent. I know for sure Sean Carpenter was one of those by name. He was like, she needs to be on more often. So giving the people what they want. Thank you. Thank you, Sean Carpenter. There were more, but I remember his name. (laughs) Yeah. All right. And I'm excited. I get to be on the first, like making history on the first live stream. Live. Or something, just who knows? Yeah, do this every week. <laughs> so excited! Yeah, <laughs> well, we got an action-packed, jam-packed episode here, so let's hop right into story time. Yeah. That's the that's the show about nothing. The Office. I still think we should have used the Seinfeld episode. We could uh, we could switch. I think both are great. Jen, you want to kick us off? Yes. So yesterday, well, actually, two weeks ago my son started a job at Foot Locker. Okay. Nice. Sales associate. He's 17 years old, sales associate, part-time. We went to visit him to like see him in action. And, you know, we're, my husband and I both in sales, right. Or we're just kind of over here observing. And I have never been so proud of this kid. He is overcoming objections. He's upselling. Uh, Somebody comes over and uh, says, hey, I want to see this shoe on this size or whatever. And he goes and he comes back and he goes, sir, uh, we don't have it in that particular um, colorway and that size. But I went ahead and brought out one that's similar that we have in your size. Do you want to check it out? And then he opens up the box and he says to the the customer, "Um, are you okay with me? removing the bo- removing the shoe and getting it to you or would you like to do that and so as he's doing these things of course my mind is like going ding 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 one he's he is providing such a great customer experience tailored to what that customer wants he's also figuring out he's not just taking no for an answer like oh i don't have this now he's you know, providing another solution, right, for this person. And then the girlfriend walks up and says, the girlfriend of the customer walks up and says, you know, hey, you're, those are going to get way dirty. Like that, that, that particular shoe is going to get way dirty. Here comes Sam. Oh, that's not a problem. We've got the protected shoe spray wow. to, to take care of that <laughs> for you. Sells them on the shoe spray. Okay, so in the two weeks that he's been there part-time, literally, he's like the top salesperson. Nice. And so... Does he convert? (laughs) He converts. Okay. But listen, you know, know, as I'm like watching him, one, I'm just like beaming, right? Like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. But of course, I'm thinking about online sales and, and what we do and dealing with customers and the things that we're getting. And, you know, we're starting to hear more, a more of a shift of, 
you know what, I think I might wait right now, or I'm not quite ready to go out for an appointment yet. You know, oh, you know, I don't know about pricing right now. Like we're starting to hear some of those objections and we haven't had to overcome objections in a while. And so I'm sitting there going, okay, you know, like we got to get back, like we've got to work on perfecting our dialogues around this. We got to make sure we're prepared. It was taking me back to the, in the day when I was an online sales specialist and man, we had to really work hard in some cases to get those appointments. And so, you know, I just thought it was, it just was so cool. I just wanted to tell you guys about that story because even this kid at 17 is using dialogues and sales techniques, you know, in a part-time position and how it it wasn't, it wasn't just that he's thinking fast on his feet. He was prepared for predictable objections and questions that were to come. And, and to your point, we haven't had to answer a lot of unpredictable questions lately. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, here's the other thing. As I was talking to my husband about this and I was like, did you like coach him? Did you like give him some like sales coaching skills before he, you know, know. and, and Andrew was like, no, I think he's just like, and so when I asked Sam about it, when he got home, he goes, I just, I just talk to people how I would want to be talked to. And like, just, you know, don't, don't like stress about it. Like, I know, like, that's how I would want to be sold right. Or, or treated. And so I was like, man, are, you're a genius. Do you want to like, come, uh, work with you me make and- some more money? <laughs> I could help you out. Is he, into, I know your husband, he's a sneakerhead, right? Is that the right term? Like he's into yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Um, Sam, is he also, or like sneakerhead light? Like no, just- he definitely get like, he's definitely, you know, absorbed that by osmosis, like just gotcha. being around my husband. And in fact, Andrew said, my husband, Andrew said, man, he was way better than me when I was his age. Cause I guess he, Andrew worked at champs or, you know, similar situation. And he goes, man, he he's, he's 10 times better than I was at that nice. age. So, nice. um, yeah, and to be able to buy shoes at champs. Can I just say that? I mean, famous footwear or pay less <laughs> and you got like two choices there you go. as a kid. Exactly. I was going to say, if you like what you're selling, you enjoy it, you love it. I feel like that definitely makes things mm-hmm. a lot easier because yeah. Sam's like into it. Like he like, oh, I know this shoe. This like, he, yeah. if you know he's it. like, you know, yeah, he's like, I know shoes, you know, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, this is the same kid that ever since he was little, we used to joke because he was always using assumptive language to close us oh, on man. things like, so, and which, which uh, child order is this? Second, youngest, youngest okay. child. Hmm. He, he would always use like, you know, so, um, you know, what time are we going to laser tag? As if we had already made plans like, to go to laser mm-hmm. tag, right? He's always been That's like funny. closing, right? And so it's just kind of funny now to see that actually. So I want to put you on the spot, Jen. Um, one or two things that you think are are things that we should be seen as predictable questions or objections that you feel like in your interaction with online salespeople and teams were still somewhat un- underprepared to answer with confidence and, and succinctly. Mm-hmm. Well, definitely the pricing situation. Yeah. Um, the, you know, the one, like, the one single talking point of it's just lumber, stupid kind of like, mm-hmm. look at lumber that doesn't work anymore. 
Right, right. So we've got to make sure that, you know, if it's an objection, right, of, oh my gosh, like that's astronomical. I was just on your website three months ago and the price was this and now it's this, right? The best way to to, to combat that is uh, be, be agreeable. <laughs> it's like you disarm them with, you know, oh, I know, it's crazy, right? It yeah. is, it, it's nothing like we've ever seen before. But here, let's talk about the reasons why. And I think, you know, talking about the difference in, you know, resale market used homes right now and how that relates to new homes and, you know, just talking through some of that, but making sure that you have that dialogue. And then of course, it's, if, a, if it's a condition, like I said, that's, you, you're not overcoming that, but you're, you're kind of asking you know, asking about that. I think the existing and new is a really key point because there's usually a typical separation point between them. And so it's not like new homes are astronomically more than existing. Everything has gone up, which shows that your builder isn't a greedy bastard, so to speak. Exactly. That there there are real reasons for for how the market is acting. And Mm -hmm. then the other one that I heard from Ivy Zellman that we've talked a lot about on calls is really succinctly explaining that lower cost uh, is one thing that a consumer could choose to wait to see if that happens. It probably won't. They could wait to see if it will happen. But if interest rates go up every every quarter of a point that they go up, your mortgage payment increases, your monthly payment that you that you actually pay out of pocket goes up by 3%. And so people are freaking out about 10 to 15% year over year appreciation in house cost. But if rates go up 1%, 12, 12% uh, adjustment in your monthly payment as if the house had appreciated and rates had stayed low. And we're going to talk in the news section about some things that that are coming down that might help some of that. But you also have to have reasons why waiting is still not a good idea. And and not just to sell people, but to truly explain it's probably not a really good idea. Yeah, trying to time the market. I feel like that's like, I think everyone has this belief they could time the market with any type of investment your home, a stock, right. or cryptocurrency, like, and if you got, if you have a home to sell and you got to wait for your home to be built, that's, that's mm-hmm. now incredibly hard. Yeah. Cause do you want to have to sell your home in the same market that causes the new construction price to drop? Yeah. Probably yeah. not. Probably not. I'll go down. All right. That was uh, oh, that was a good one. That was Thanks, a fun story. Andrew. Oh, there we go. I'll be, I'll try to be quick with mine. And this one, it, it, we forget about this all the time. So I joined another gym. It's great. This is like my, my pastime is like just rotating gyms where I'm at which is great because there's so many of them down this way. But I was talking to someone. He's like, hey, what do you do? I'm like, well, I'm in real estate, do marketing with, with builders and developers. Oh, cool. Well, I got this thing. And then I, we were talking about the different areas we live. He's like, I've never been that way. I'm like, really? I'm like, it's like five minutes up the road <laughs> from here. He's like, well, I live down here and we go to these beaches. I'm like, I've never been to those beaches. And for me, that's five minutes out the direction. <laughs> and it just made me think, I know everywhere's different, but where I'm at, like, if you live here, these are the restaurants you go to. These are the grocery stores you shop at. This is the area you stay in, even though five minutes north of that, like it's all connected. Like it's really dense where I'm, where I'm located. But it made me think just in marketing, I think we sometimes overlook and assume that like, oh yeah, everyone knows this area. Like, of course they do. Like for me, I was talking to him. He's yeah. like, oh, well, where do you go to get coffee? Whatever. I'm like, we don't have anything except Starbucks where I'm at. It's like, really? He's like, I have none of those. I'm like, I have like five Starbucks within three to five minutes. Mm-hmm. Like. Oh, interesting. Well, that is made me think like, you are correct. (laughs) (laughs) Like we just forget about that. You're hundred percent right. What if you, what if that person had hired you as marketer and said, could you please write some copy about my community for the website? 
how hard, yeah, like you would, would be... do whatever you Googled or what you knew mm -hmm. by association, never having really spent much time there. But I, I'll never forget at Heartland, um, there was a d graphic designer who worked there before Jackie Askews came to on the scene, who's, who's now part of the Do You Convert team. And she had worked at the company for like three years and one year with me before we had a conversation. She's like, oh, I've never been in one of our homes. <laughs> I was like, like we're going out like right now. We're going to go walk through some homes and yeah. check it out. Because if you are not spending time in the field as a marketer, as an online salesperson, um, oh. and you don't know those other areas, then one of the predictable objections could be, well, that's really far out there. There's nothing around here. And if you don't know, you might have to kind of like subconsciously agree, even if as a salesperson, you're trying to disagree and say why, yeah. but you got to get out there and spend time. I don't know time. where the heck that is. I don't know where it is. <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah, it's terrible. I think there's a target somewhere, you know, like within 15 yeah. minutes. Go live out there for the day if you're able to yeah. or wherever you are. That's, I mean, that's what I would do. So, you know, there is so much power in putting your eyes on the, the homes and the communities that you are selling. I mean, yep. that you're talking about. I mean, gosh. I don't think he's able to come this year, but Andy Gotsman from MI Homes, I think yeah. freaked everyone out when he came to the summit and talked on a panel three years ago, maybe. And he was like, was... yeah, I'm the online salesperson for Columbus, Ohio. And I walk through every home under construction and take pictures and I do drone shots and, and I can do my yeah. job on the road just fine because I've actually been in every single one of those homes. And I've walked them myself. Every floor plan. Right. So right. like, I remember talking to him about it and it's like, so he knows every little weird detail yeah. about the floor plan where you're like, oh yeah, there's this really cool feature, blah, blah, blah. And because he's taken, you know, 50 photos. Knowledge equals confidence and, and being able and to sales. have those conversation. Yeah. Episode 41, for those of you who want to go back in the archives, uh, was when we interviewed him and talked about that in a little bit more detail as well. That was fast. I love Andy. Shout oh out Oh my to gosh. Andy. Jeff Shore. First comment of the day, by the way, first. Um, because the technology we're using, we can't see all of your comments necessarily in real time. Cause again, we're going all over the globe, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, everything. Um, but we will, we will have certain comments pulled out for us by those behind the scenes. And then after we're done with the actual episode, we'll stick around and, and kind of relax and, and hang out and go back through any comments that we miss. So Jeff Shore was just saying, uh, I've talked to sales managers who are guilty of the same thing. I hope you don't mean not walking through a plan or a community. Yeah, which thing? Actually, you know what? That's true. We had a division in Morgantown. Uh, which was about an hour and a half drive. And there were certainly people in the company who, again, years after were like, oh yeah, is it different down there? Yeah, it's another state called West Virginia. It's not yeah. Pennsylvania. You need, you need to go. <laughs> it's different. They have pepperoni rolls at all the gas stations there. Uh, I don't even know. Totally unique. I need to try that. Yep. All right. So a uh, little extra bonus again, for those of you watching, it won't be very long, but uh, if you're watching live, um, I did a Matterport. Actually, I had Andy go and do a Matterport of our house nice. that is being built. This is my office area. And then the so, house looks amazing too, by the way. I, I oh, love thank that you. Picture. I saw the Yeah, yeah there's, Twitter, if you, you follow me on Twitter, video. which no okay. one does, and so I kind of don't like to talk about it because it's fun to talk about things there that Sorry. I don't, you know, but. Um, <laughs> Ruined it. This will be where I'll sit and do actual work in this half of the office. And we've got a bathroom, closet, and then this will be a full-on, basically, video studio. And the reason nice. I had Andy do this 
And if you ever build a house, this is just a tip for, for you, if, if not a builder. Now I know where every wire and every piece of plumbing and every stud is later. I'm a control freak when it comes to houses. Like there's still, there's one switch in this house we're in now. I've lived here for almost six years. I don't know what it does and it drives me crazy. Yeah. Like it's switching some outlet somewhere, but I don't, I don't know. So I know where everything is. If there's any type of renovation I'm going to do um, or something has to be right. repaired, I, I know where everything's at. So this is the studio. I've got uh, electrical outlets in the ceiling to run lights. We'll have a couple different backdrops. And my plan is to have a mobile, basically, setup where I can move mm -hmm. it on wheels to film in whatever direction with, with separate audio. It's going cool. to be a blast. So if you like have it. any suggestions of what you would do Ooh. if you built a studio, uh, maybe you know someone, send them my way. Happy to pay a freelancer to look at my Matterport tour and give me some advice because... Uh, we did our pre-drywall walkthrough today, which is the other part of my story time segment. And I still have the jitters from doing like a two and a half hour pre-drywall walkthrough with my wife about final locations of everything and what needs oh, to go where. It's getting soon. Like, I, yeah. out. But I, I have an important update because people have also asked me this over the last couple months. They've said, is the front door in yet? And the Acorn the front door, door from Thermatru has been sort of installed. We still don't know what it fully okay. looks like because um, construction time's lengthened and because of the cost of the door, they send out the frame that has the color, stain, and grain of the door. But the actual doors are just temp wood doors that they'll replace in like the last couple of weeks um, during construction. So uh, we can confirm it does look as the influencer on Instagram pictures described nice. so that's it's, so far this is the end of the, the so, front door saga it's a but beautiful Mel, frame. Mel is happy I, yes and trust me okay. she's gonna when the door goes in she will take pictures in hd and 4k and Matterports, and we will send them to thermatru because i think okay. they still just have like one maybe she could dress up like an influencer image. like the big hat and everything mm, and don't like encourage that behavior don't encourage that behavior <laughs> all right um on to the news oh see live Onto the news. Still have to do the sound effects. It's a must, must do. Uh, up first, the Market Proof Marketing Awards. So, Ooh. so excited. I'm glad you're here, Jen, because you're, we'll have you talk about the categories that are going on with the online sales end of things. But um, I want to highlight one thing on the website here that's really important for people to know is that Andrew has actually done a walkthrough video answering common questions about the tool that we're using. To, to take all the submissions in. And the tool is really just to keep you organized and get minimum pieces, um, but don't sweat. And you know, one of the things that's interesting, this could be kind of a little jab at our industry, is that we use the term, and this, this may be bad marketing on my end, saying these are data-driven awards. Well, I have learned that you all are freaked out about the idea of knowing your data <laughs> or sharing your data, and especially, uh, which I take this personally, uh, scared about sharing your data with me. Um, so let me put this to rest. I am not judging the awards. Andrew's not judging the awards. No, there's some uh, great judges on there. You we, have, see. we have separate judges, but this is a walkthrough of all the tool and when in doubt, um, fill out what you know. And if we need more information from you after the submission process is complete, which they're due when, Andrew? July 9th. July Next 9th. Friday. So eight Next days. Next Friday. Um, 
If we need something, we'll circle back around to you. See how I worked that in there? I mean, we are recording on Zoom, so you have to say circle back around oh, at yeah. least once. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll back. circle back around to you. Able this. And oh. get, ask you for more information if we, if we need it. Someone else yeah, also said, hey, someone, someone asked a question. I'm going to pull the judges up here real quick, and then I'll turn the screen share off. Um, someone said, hey... There's a little piece at the bottom that talks about giving us the ability to talk about the entry. That's for when you win or if you do something that, you know, we have you on the podcast and we want to talk about it. But in terms of those fields that are in the submission form, um, someone, I'm not going to say who, was like, part of what I want to talk about is how my sales team doesn't really listen and doesn't want to change. And this worked. <laughs> Are you going to share that comment publicly with anyone? No, none of that stuff is, is getting out. You know, the goal is always for you guys to look good and again, learn and share. Um, but if you want to tell that story later on the podcast as a guest, that's on you, but otherwise, um, one other quick one that I get has gotten, a lot of questions to me, and then I'll let Andrew and Jen jump in on the categories and other frequently asked questions is, I just don't know if what I'm doing is good enough or a category seems like it might be a gray area for me. What do I do? When in doubt, uh, submit something that you're proud of. Uh, so part of it is just the process of submitting. Just like the, for me, the process of writing on a topic is helpful. I've written a lot of things that I've never published, but it helps me get thoughts uh, built in my mind the right way so that then when I'm on a call, like, again, a predictable question or objection or something comes up, I've already thought through that topic in my mind. And some of these questions might just help you learn something about, you know, a, a weak spot or, or, a, or a potential opportunity or maybe something that you're doing well that you're not giving yourself full credit for. So when yeah. in doubt, uh, enter something that you're proud of and don't sweat the small stuff. We will circle back around if we need more data from you if something's missing. Um, and then it's the entry fee is fifty bucks. Fifty dollars, um, guys. Fifty bucks. So, um, yeah. you're not, you know, go for it. No harm, no foul. Go for it. Yeah. And, and this is here's what I know is going to happen because this happens with every award show ever. And we are going to have um, Lisa Parrish on the on a future podcast episode to talk about the nationals and that process. There's always haters with every awards results. Like, oh, I don't think that was worth it. We did something way cooler. Uh, well, you didn't enter, did you? Most of the time. Um, so I think it's important. You're never going to know if you don't try. It's 50 bucks. It's going to charity. Um, yeah. And so give it a shot. And you guys want to add anything else here before we move on? Yeah. Jump in real quick. If there's any questions on it, feel free to message me. My email is all over the thing. Like send it in super quick to respond. So I'll get those questions answered. But then, yeah, just piggybacking on what Kevin said. If you're proud of something, submit it. If you feel like it doesn't necessarily fit the category correctly, that's okay. Like that we'll is. figure it out on our end. And I, I don't know if we need it. If we have a bunch of entries for something that it, we seem to have like an oversight on, we might just make an extra category. Who knows? Like we'll, yeah. we'll find out. Yep. And I just want to chime in and say, going back to what Kevin was saying, as far as data driven, you know, awards, right? Speaking specifically for online sales, just want to talk about those categories because they're not really necessarily data-driven awards. So sometimes the perception is, well, my numbers aren't necessarily maybe good enough right. or, you know, like, oh. My I lead volume have... isn't, you know, the, my yeah, conference my... metrics aren't up to right. par with what I hear other people talk about. Exactly. Exactly. So. Yeah. Like video email superstar, we're not asking for 100% open rate. Right. What we want exactly. to see is 
are you doing something creative that you're actually using that you didn't just send out, right. you know, to one person one time? Right. right. Exactly. So, so I don't want you to get hung up on that, thinking about that. So if you've done something cool with video email, anything, right, submit. If you um, have had a some sort of pre-sale process, right? Yeah. Um, priority which, list. which everyone's changed and adapted because of the pandemic. That's so the that's, that's like, going to be amazing I mean, to see I, those. That's all I hear about is, you know, what we're doing with our priority list and things like that. So everybody's got, got something they can talk about there, right? And yep. then you... Um, you know, started a, a new program or, you know, again, you feel like you've done something that has, has worked well, yep. that you're excited about, submit it, you well, know? Well, yeah. Yeah. The, the one thing I forgot to mention to, to your point about whatever you're proud of is there will be winners. Okay. This is not a participation awards program. Uh, so there will be winners, but there will also be people who don't win, who we will feature you and what you're doing on the podcast, potentially yeah. in, in other places. Uh, there's been other publications actually who have said, hey, can we help highlight cool things that people are doing based upon the submissions sure. that you're getting? So even if you don't win, uh, someone else might beat you out because of the number of entries we get, that's okay. If you're still doing something that we feel like other people can learn from, we're gonna wanna talk to you. And this is, this is the only self-hyping thing I will say. I, we probably get three people a week who reach out to us, who want to be on the program to promote a product, service, idea, um, or just be famous. I don't know what, I mean, hate to tell yes. you, you're not going to be famous by getting on, on the show. Builder show. Yeah. Or run ads or whatever. And we say no to almost, almost all of the ones that seem self-serving. This is a chance for you to do something good for charity, to get the feedback from the judges, which everyone will still get feedback. So you will get your own score, even if you don't win in comparison to where you were in other places. And then you're potentially still going to be able to, to hang out and talk to us more about what you're doing. In a little and it's more good detail. practice to talk about what you've done and That's put right. it in writing like Kevin was saying. That's so. right. That's and, right. And for those of you with extremely high standards, which produce amazing, whatever it would be, submit your things, even though like you will always, at least for me, I find fault in everything that I'm working on. I'm like, oh, I could have improved that. Could have improved that, even though it was probably perfectly fine. Yeah. Like just submit it. Like, even though you, you have this perfect expectation that you'll exactly not ever meet, send it in. All right. So quick, quick uh, pause here to browse through some comments. Um, we've Ooh. got uh, Eric from Tilson Homes trying to uh, trigger us. Uh, hi, guys. And Jen, I'm a huge Eric. fan of the show and love you guys. Long time, first time. Anyway, planning a three-pronged attack with my team using billboard TV and pedicabs, pedicab ads. What percent of each do you recommend? Thanks. Um, Eric, you're saying get Kevin going. Always, good. always count on Eric for some token. token we may not there. actually get to news stories because some of these just prompt me to want to say other things. Um, That's funny. I, Jen and I were talking about this pre-show as well. What I'm not worried about is the market ever shifting and getting harder. I, that excites the. I'm I'm excited about that because 2008 to 2012 was my favorite time in my career, the most exciting, the where I learned and grew the most. And we won. We, we grew as a builder 20% in a down market every year. And then we were acquired by, by a national home building company. It was a fantastic time in my life. Um, and so that part doesn't scare me. What scares me is the irrational psychological um, things that people will do 
when things get hard out of gut reaction. Mm. I, I've, I've said this before on, on different webinars, but there used to be this thing called a newspaper, full page, full color ad, 12 to 15 grand every Sunday. And then when the market got tough, you know what everyone did for the first six months? 30 two, two, two full color, <laughs> full page ads. Let's just do more of that. And so oh, what, I, what, I'm, what I'm really worried about is people who haven't been through a tough market, because that was 13 years ago. The Great Recession was a long time ago. Uh, people Thank who haven't you. been through a tough market doing things Worried. Worried like you're talking about, Eric, <laughs> because they're just so desperate. Um, I, I don't think we talked about this last time, but the, one of our builders had an inventory home. That's it's an expensive townhome, okay, expensive. But the price was reduced by $50,000 recently, despite the fact that in the CRM, we can see that there's twice as many leads this year in the same time period as last year. And there's enough that eventually it, there's pretty good confidence this thing is going to sell. But the psychology is just, oh, it didn't sell in two days. It didn't sell in a week. Well, get rid of this sucker because, you know, mm. and that's the, that's the stuff that makes me nervous. So thanks for triggering me there, Eric. Um, <laughs> Ashley DeYoung says she also did a walkthrough of her house, but she wished she would have done a Matterport. Bobby uh, pictures, but do a Matterport. Um, yeah, podcast famous, Mike, exactly. So, <laughs> all right, moving on I to like our it. next article. Speaking of the Mr. Uh, oh, Mike Mr. Lyon, Mike. The, the goat of online sales. Uh, yes. He wrote an article called Hiring, Training, and Managing Remote Salespeople uh, that you can find on a website called doyouconvert.com. It is based off of an of a amazing discussion that he had with the one and only Jeff Shore. Um, but Jen, you want to give just a couple yeah. little your favorite key takeaways from this piece? I love this. I love this article so much that Mike wrote um, because a, a few things, you know, stand out here. Managing somebody remotely is, has to be completely different. Um, you know, we have to have, you know, more check-ins. Um, and let, first, let me go back and say, when we're talking about hiring for this position, Right. We have to be looking for somebody who can work remotely, who is, you know, proactive, who doesn't need um, who works well in that kind of environment. That's not like structured in the office type of thing. And so that's the first thing I just want to say. We've actually been doing a lot of hiring lately and have seen that it's harder right now. People are coming into the market, into this role with different expectations. Like, oh, I can just be in my pajamas, working from home, sitting on my couch with my feet propped up and managing leads and phone calls sometimes. No, hmm. that is not that is not what this position is. It's not a lifestyle so, job. <laughs> not a lifestyle job, right? Not a, not a flex it's an on-demand job, right? So we have to, so that's been a little bit interesting, people kind of coming into this role this last year. Um, so as, as managers, right, we have to make sure we have systems and processes in place for managing this person, having set meetings, um, being able to see their work environment. So requiring uh, Zoom calls where you can kind of see, take a picture of your office setup, you know, making sure that all of those things are in place and professional. Um, also looking at 
looking beyond the numbers, right? Looking at, you know, if we just stick to the numbers, we talk about this all the time, we're going to miss out on really exactly yeah. what's going on in behaviors. Especially especially it. the end result numbers, like the ones that people naturally right. gravitate towards, like total number of sales. Oh, everything's good. We're up. Yeah. Sales are up. It must be great. We're totally, we're totally fine. Um, you know, I, uh, today, like speaking what you were talking about, Kevin, as far as, you know, um, you know, this, this market is completely different than it was. It's a different kind of hard than it was back oh, yeah. in, in, in 2008. And, you know, like you were speaking in 2012. So it's a different kind of hard. We have to manage this role differently than we did before. People are still dealing with their perception of what burnout is right now. Everybody's perception, everybody's perception of what burnout is, is different. And I'm not, I'm not, um, this, I'm not saying that you're not burnout, right? No, it's, but it's reality. I, right. It's reality. Right. This is their reality. We have to dig deep and figure out, okay, let's look at what it is that you feel is causing your burnout. We can either try to fix it. We can try to provide more bandwidth. We can try to um, streamline your processes or, you know, take a look at what you're doing. But ultimately, we've got to be asking the questions. We've got to be listening to calls. We've got to be looking beyond the numbers to kind of determine those things. Yep. We, the, so the analogy... Like, I don't know. Well, again, we'll play the rate my, our, my analogy here for those of you who are live. Uh, right, scale of one, one to, to 10, 10, 10 being amazing, 10 pancakes, one pancake, meaning it might as well be a waffle. The analogy is, you know, if you're like, we have four kids, as we say, just enough at the Oakley household. And if I'm sitting in my family room with those four kids, you know, in, interacting with them, watching them, playing, whatever. After a while, I get stressed and tired because I'm an introvert and I need time by myself, right? So I'm stressed. To Jen's point, the stress is real. The burnout is real. I need a break from my kids. However, if my six-year-old Mason were to go walk out in the street and start to play in the street, different level of stress, right? Because right. the impending doom. So, so that's, again, the fear is this is stressful. You do have to find ways to get margin. You do have to, to, to self-care and all those things are true while still getting the work done, which might mean talking to your managers, fixing processes, getting better systems. Right. There's, there's lots of yeah. ways that you can attack that versus just working harder. We're, we're not, mm -hmm. we're not big fans of the hustle culture mentality here. Um, and yet, that stress done at a time when the market's doing this and home sales are doing this and the CFO says we better sell 10 homes this month or else, that's going to be a whole different level of stress. So one to 10 this, pancakes, go ahead and rate that analogy. Well, you know, guys, this, this has been the hardest year. Like last year was hard, but like this year has been so hard. Um, you know, for everybody, you know, but, you know, obviously I'm, I'm in the online sales world and it's just, it's a struggle bus for, you know, and Mike and I are going to talk about this on Facebook live this month, but just what we're hearing so much is, you know, how do I provide certainty to our customers when there's so much uncertainty? Like, I don't know, like, yep. I and that's the other reason I'm excited about a return to a harder right. market is we'll have more control. You know, right. the saying is focus on what you can control. Just right now, you got mm -hmm. like 
one thing you can control, which is your own mental attitude <laughs> and the rest yeah. of you know, commodity prices, who <laughs> showed up to work today? What's the price of the home? Is my website functioning? You know, and uh, that's what I think we're starting to see. We had, we had burnout. We had burnout last year because of the sheer volume, right. And feeling out of control of yeah. the amount of leads and things like that. Right. This year, I think we're having burnout in a different way of, the uncertainty and not knowing that's the definition of, of burnout, right. Is not, not feeling like you're in control, right. Being overwhelmed and not feeling like you have control over situations. So, mm-hmm. you know, that is creeping back in, in a different way. And so how do we, as you know, going back to Mike's article and like, how do we look at that from a management perspective? We've got to be asking questions. We've got to be listening to calls. We've got to be looking at the missed call answer rates. We've got to be looking at correspondence in the CRM that's going out and yeah. all of those kind of detailed things. So. I, th- I think my favorite takeaway, and then and then we'll move on to the next article, was that having the system, the CRM, the the whatever, the, the digitized system that shows yeah. the micro movements and the micro steps in any process and people want to rail all the time. There is no funnel. There is no critical sales. You got to be adaptive. That's true. You know, people will move around in the funnel. It's not like gravity will only let them go down. Mm-hmm. But there has to be a framework because in a, in a remote way, I can't wonder, uh, you know, at eight o'clock at night, if Andrew got something done and be like, hey, Andrew, can you hop on the call for 10 minutes and let's talk about like that's that if we're working any sort of asynchronized uh, way. We have mm-hmm. to have other ways to check in and make sure things are yeah. being done. And that's just part of being a good team player. So if you're a salesperson or an online salesperson, you're like, I got my book. I mean, I'm working from home now. And so I've, you know, I've, I just, I got my book and I've got my notes. That doesn't work for the rest of the team that you're playing with. We don't, we don't, we don't have a shared playbook to work off of. Right. It's too hard when you're remote to, to ignore that. Yep. All right. Up next in the news from housingwire.com, Jenny May unveils 40-year mortgage terms for issuers. This new pool type will allow borrowers to make lower monthly payments, but can still be sold on the secondary market as a security. Um, And, you know, what's what's super interesting about this is the speed of it. Their goal is to have this be out to market by October. That was my question. I thought that was... Will these Pretty start? Quick. Well, yeah, so it, there's still there's still some regulation hurdles that have to be approved by the federal housing agency. Although it appears the Biden administration and everyone in government is all about this. This also goes into like, do you think um, house prices are going to decline as as lumber prices decline when all these other things are going to relieve some of the this pressure? Push it up. That would right. Um, yeah. So there's still some regulations. This isn't a done deal. But they're, the fact that they're talking about it um, being through initial approval by October is interesting. And the other thing is um, there will be, I'm reading directly from the article, there will be no loan amount restriction. So that's good. That's amazing. Slash terrified. I still, this is kind of like built for rent, single family built for rent. I love it. And I'm also slightly terrified of unintended consequences. I got excited for a second. And then I was like, Hmm. what does that mean? Brings like, up a lot yeah. of questions. Well, Andrew isn't all over the place. Andrew, are you Gen Z officially millennial? I, and I don't even really care what those things are. So I, 89. I'm, I'm millennial. I'm myself that um, I said it. I know. I'm I, Gen X. I'm 
I go by, I think it's more accurate to go by what game system did you play on? When you <laughs> right. And what Atari 2600 for a hot minute and then the NES. So my life was mostly Nintendo 64 and then into oh, Xbox. So like life. Halo, first person mm-hmm. Halo. But I did not have a smartphone in high school. That was college. Yep. So, if that yep. so I just things. wonder if this group of people who traditionally has been saying, I'm not as interested in, um, in housing to begin with, like I want to rent, I want to have flexibility in my life. And then you're saying, well, we're going to make this a more affordable opportunity for you, but you're going to take 40 years to pay it off. Like the APR on this thing, I was talking yeah. with Brian McCarthy Wonder from Abrazo right before this, the APR is going to be scary. And also if, if you look at car programs, you know, there used, used to be, I, I think anyway, um, when I f- was younger, there like three year loans was like the max. Then there were four and five. And now I think you can get a seven year loan on yeah. a car. Seven, yeah. It does make it more affordable, but it's like five to ten percent more affordable when you push it out. The the costs so and the fees associated, yeah. it's not like this amazing my my house is think, now one third of the payment of uh, of a thirty year or I think uh, some people might just have the the attitude, whether it's financially makes sense or not, but just like I'm never going to pay anything off ever. Just well, make it fit fit monthly. Think, cool. This yes. is fine. I think that's, that's what interesting. I think. I think they, I think that, I think that they will look at this like, oh, lower payment. That's immediate. You know, right. like that feels good immediately. And I don't really. Who knows what I'm going to be who doing cares? forty years? Okay. And like, like who cares? I'll sell it. That's like, a really I'll, good point. Yeah, like, I'll sell it and and whatever. Like, It'd be interesting how they do the interest on this. That long term, like they're thinking short term. Yep. And this, I can afford this. So this is no. a way to. Short term, pay less every month, still yeah. have some upside and participate when you sell the home. Right. You could still um, have equity in the process, right. but you're not as concerned about the equity that you're building along the way because. Because yeah. it's like, meh, too long term. Or maybe about. you put in, I like this that. Would be another thought, like you, you can get this home, you put in whatever percent down and that's kind of like your deposit for this home ownership thing that in your mind is like, I'm not intending to ever own the home ever. I'm just going to put in. I'll just make it 50,000 yeah. into yeah. this half million dollar home. In five years when I move, I could take that 50,000 out, sort of, and then yeah. put it, maybe now it's 60,000 or 70, whatever it may be. So maybe in 40 years, maybe then they'll have enough equity. Who knows what, I, yeah. I don't know what homes will be in 40 years. That sounds yep. awful. To think about. Um, real quick, before we go on to the next article too, Eric says, vaccine for burnout is a cocktail of time management and proper expectation setting and management mixed with healthy accountability. So a cocktail of time management, proper expectation setting and management. So, yeah, yep. I mean, if yep. you have a bad manager, uh, you're, Especially if you've got burnout and a really bad manager, you should find a different job because it's not going to get better. Where people stress is when they don't know what is expected of them. And if exactly. That's not clear, the uncertainty. Like, and, and they don't feel like, uh, what, you know, yeah. yeah. Very good, Eric. Man. Yep. Thank you. All right, next up from wired.com, Zillow taps AI to improve its home value estimates. By employing a neural network, the company says its numbers will be more accurate and allow it to offer to buy more homes. So lots of things going on here. Neural network, um, Andrew, I think, can have a little science segment on briefly describing the differences to to their old program. Yes, Jen, I I see that hand. Can I just say that I had to Google neural network because I was like, like, There's a great video you should watch on YouTube. I'll send it to you. Hey, uh, like sales, sales, um, sales side over here. I was like, neural network. Like, what the heck is that? So I'm like, that, that, that that's Skynet that's coming for OSCs. You've heard that that fairy tale, right? Yeah. Um, 
but, but one of the things is that now they're going to update home prices potentially several times a day versus, you know, originally, I think when the, when the assessment first came out, it was like every year or something. And then it was every quarter, every month, weeks. Now it's a couple times a day. And then never forget that right now, anyway, the big focus from Zillow is making Zestimates a standing offer to purchase your home. So there's double, there's two reasons why they want this to be more accurate. There's more than two, but two really big ones. One is to get all the haters who say that it's always widely inaccurate to just have more accuracy, which will cause more consumers to want to use it as a source of truth about the value of their home or potential value. And then the other is that's the gateway drug to now be able to like, we could just sell it with a click. Um, but Andrew, you want to have a little 30 second yeah. science explanation yeah, super of neural quick network? On neural networks. You put in a boatload of data. <laughs> the system does all this magical stuff and it learns based on all these variables. And then it has the outcome and you, you say if it's true or not. So you take home listed price, all this information on the home, square foot pictures, because they have computer vision, which can read a picture, granite countertops, 42 inch cabinets, all these sorts of things. And then you tell it the answer at the end, but it's trying to predict or forecast the answer in this in-between process. And then it learns like, Ooh, I did this wrong. And then it kind of goes backwards and it adjusts and, and it changes the weight on certain things. So like maybe 42 inch cabinets don't mean anything. Maybe it does. And so then they try to figure out like what is important in predicting the actual selling price. Huh. So, so, it take, so imagine it takes every transaction in the past 10 years in the United States, puts it in there four months later or a month later, whatever it finishes. I don't know how long it takes. It varies. And then that's now this new base set of data it has. And then it keeps learning from there. So this is supposed to make us all is. feel more yeah. confident. And, and to me, I feel confident with that. Like that makes more sense than, but it still goes down to, I think where people give the assessment a hard time is like, well, that single home sold for 20,000 more. And it's like, okay, but like that single home had someone came from California and their house burnt down in a terrible fire. And they had to move to Florida because their grandmother broke their hip and they had to move mm -hmm. to that exact home. You can't predict anything like that. That's not a, a variable in there. Um, but they're trying to do their like recency, I think is a big thing they're trying to change is like the demand right now is crazy and people are going over asking. Well, that's what I was going to say. It can't, it can't, it's reading all of these things like you're saying, right? But it's, it's not taken into effect the, the uh, market, uh, certain pockets, certain specific well, that, that's why it has to mm -hmm. update so fast and more yep. frequently okay. is so like, Tampa like we talk about adjust that a lot it looks mm -hmm. like it was like phoenix tampa two cities in texas had the biggest adjustments yeah i saw i saw my estimate bouncing around I'm like oh this is exciting like what's up with it like, we talk about the same thing in google analytics year over year is the yeah. best way to compare a time period except for when there's rapid change rapid up or rapid down you better be comparing to the previous time period as well not just year over year because it just moves too quick and you can you can miss too many things. I will say it's interesting mm -hmm. it's in preparation cool. to sell the home I'm in right now, I upgraded. We went from, you know, the 20 pictures the previous owner had to the to 98 pictures that I took. It's a few and pictures. um probably totally uncorrelated, but it went um the price went up over the next month by $30,000. I think it should I think it's correlated because taking into account computer vision, there's like, you know, you could with your Zillow listing, like you, your saved home, your home. Yeah. You could say like, I'd update it earlier after I read the article, like, oh, I have a hot tub now. Let's click the checkbox in there. But we know there's plenty of other things that we can't do a checkbox on. I think I read your pictures and it's like, oh, you have this. 
or maybe read the, it could analyze how big your island is in your kitchen. And if it's over a certain size, like that means your home is so whatever. crazy. Or if it's that a little is so island. crazy that it Creepy. can do that. Like that's blows my mind. Very smart. Yeah. You know, and my wife is always a good like market research tool. I mean, all, all spouses and people you spend a lot of time with, you should be observing their behavior if you're in marketing or sales at all times. But she's amazed by computer vision in a different way. She, she's like, Kevin, there's this app. You can take a picture of any plant or tree. Oh, oh yeah. I love that. And it tells you what it is and if it's healthy or not and tells you what's yeah. wrong with it. And I was like, computer vision, Mel. Like that's, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not the fun one to tell those things to. But I was like, yeah. yeah. Like, well, you know, you know like everything, me. don't you? You're like, <laughs> Mel's like me. I'm like, oh, that's so cool. <laughs> All right. Um, we're going to flash an article up on the screen. Link will be in the show notes, but we don't have time to talk about it. Sorry. Uh, CognitiveSEO.com wrote a really great article about why SEO does not work for you and your website, the things that you're probably doing wrong. And I'm just going to read off the uh, the list here really good. It's, it's a long, lengthy article, but... Um, we just talked in our bonus time class for, for the Summer Academy of 17 Marketers um, about SEO and website structure and, and how all these things work and some of the mis misconceptions. And um, this article just does a really good job of if you feel like SEO hasn't been something you, you needed to focus on or ever saw benefit from, these are the 15 ways you're probably just doing it wrong or the person that you're partnered with is doing it wrong. And it's a, it's a really good, informative, kind of fun Fun read. Uh, last up from nasdaq.com. Of all places. We probably actually found it on another site who just wants us to pay for a subscription. And so then you just, you search for the same headline and find someone who doesn't. I don't think anyone on our team reads NASDAQ closely. Uh, Facebook testing desktop, yeah. posting and sharing for Instagram. So. Finally. Finally. Big deal. Don't really care. Uh -huh. Eh, it's helpful. Yeah. Oh, but there's tools that I think a lot of people who do post frequently or would post from their desktop would already have in place. So you don't have to have a third-party tool. I, I find, I mean, I'm, it's probably because I'm sharing my screen a lot with builders around the country, but it's it's very handy to be able to show content from Instagram on a desktop. Yeah. And so I, I think at the end of the day, um, we didn't talk about this as a news story, but... Facebook sent an alert saying that, hey, collection ads, which is our favorite ad format uh, currently, although we're testing some other things that have shocking, truly shocking results. Shocking. Um, still blows my mind, but collection ads are amazing. Uh, and on Facebook, there's four little boxes at the bottom in the preview. On Instagram, there's three. And they said basically, hey, Facebook is going to go with three. And it's going to be a square format. And so everything is just, it's, it's combining and, and before they had a reason why things were different, now all of Facebook's tools share the same backend structure and system. So there's, mm -hmm. there's really not much reason for things to behave different. And I think over time, it'll kind of be like GM brands for cars. Like, yeah, you'll have Instagram, but it's right. we're gonna, remember when people used to riot against Facebook, but they love their Instagram account? I think yeah. collective consciousness now, every, everyone, even my grandma, my 102-year-old grandma probably understands that Instagram is owned by Facebook. So right. everybody knows we're in on the secret. Why not make it more thing. similar? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, might as well. And I'm sure on the technical, like the engineering side, like if they could then reference a single picture, a single square picture, instead of like, oh, we have to have all these different formats for a picture because someone wanted to have different types for each placement. That's just much easier to manage, I'm sure. Yeah. 
All right. Um, this week's question of the week, which we will post here shortly, is for community launches happening or scheduled to happen in the next, let's just say three months, is your builder planning to offer pre-sale opportunities in that community? That sounds like a strange question to ask, but the majority of the builders we work with now, um, several months ago, started saying, hey, even in brand new communities, we're not going to sell anything at dirt. We're going to continue the process of building inventory homes, waiting to see our costs in when frame is started or complete, or potentially even just wait until they're finished. So I'm curious um, if that's just something we've subconsciously planted in the brains of the builders we work with. Or if broader, that's something that you guys are are seeing or, or having discussed. So we'll have a yes, uh, maybe, and a no, we're going to continue to do it the old-fashioned way uh, in the Facebook group. All love right, guys. Question. Oh, Jen, that's you got it. something else? No, no. I just was saying I love that question. That I can't that's wait to see question. what the... I'm curious to hear also, it's not going to be in the question, but how online salespeople all feel about that process change and what that means for oh yeah you want me to tell you what i, I mean, know yeah, do you, it let's let's hear do it. it live go <laughs> um mixed reviews okay. some are like you know i at least i know of certainty that i have something to sell and it's you know what i mean it will be a specific price and it will be this deliverable right so there's there's some out there but then there's some that are like you know, it just limits our opportunity. We have a huge interest list, but maybe we're only building, you know, five homes, right? And so that makes it harder for us. We can't just open up lots, you know, dirt for sale and things like that. So right. I'm, you know, I'm hearing both kinds of things. I think it just depends on a lot of other factors too. Bandwidth, are there other communities that are open where there's avail, you know, where they have other opportunities or is yeah. this the only thing they have? Then that's going to kind of change their opinion about it. Really, it. Yeah. It, it's you know? so varied. What's really interesting is a builder in Colorado we talked to yesterday, they had a grand opening um, of a condo project and mm -hmm. they exceeded the sales goal for the grand opening by like three or four sales. But because mm -hmm. they didn't sell the entire project immediately, everyone kind of feels like they failed. I just keep coming back to the same, like that's weird. And no wonder right. we're burnt out if that's kind of the collective feeling of yeah. the group. Been it's running so hot, you know? Yeah. It's been running uh, so hot for Black the Friday last Christmas sales. There yeah. we go. Yeah. Hey, there's the episode title. Oh. Running true. so hot with Jen Harkin. So <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, that'll do it for this week. For published articles, blog posts, videos, and more, check out doyouconvert.com. It's also the best way to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and everywhere else we are online. We'll see you next week. See ya. <laughs>